Welcome back to the Love Intently podcast. I'm Sophie Kwok, your host and the founder of Love Intently, where our mission is to empower you to have a thriving relationship with yourself and everyone around you. And this week, we are doing something a little different. It is just me this week, and we are talking about conflict resolution. This is a topic that comes up pretty frequently, especially in relationship coaching with my clients. And I have been wanting to do more solo episodes so I can go deeper in certain topics that I've been learning a ton about, or I have been helping and supporting others move through. And I want to be able to provide that same value to all of you, all of you incredible listeners. If there is any topic that you would love me to do a deep dive on, feel free to find me on Instagram. You can either DM me at love.intently or at sof, S-O-P-H, quok. Follow me there, DM me there. I am pretty active and that is honestly the best way to reach me, especially if you have a topic that you would love me to dive into. The reason I love to talk about conflict resolution is that for so long, it was something I was terrified around. It was something that I hated doing. I hated being in conflict and I hated being triggered. Conflict often meant that I was getting triggered and I didn't like who I was in conflict. I didn't like who I was when I was triggered. And so what's been really incredible is throughout the years, I have learned how to love who I am in conflict. And so I often say this to couples and other people who I coach, is that it's really important that you have a strong relationship. Every like A normal day-to-day relationship is really strong and you stay connected, but it's also equally important that you love who you are when you're in conflict. The reason I say that is because when you are in conflict, that is when your attachment styles are most likely to be triggered and to be activated. And when you are in conflict, that is most likely when your childhood wounds that are left unresolved come to the forefront. And oftentimes, if it hasn't ever been dealt with or if it's been ignored, it ain't too pretty. I know for me, it was pretty ugly. So the way that you handle conflict might look really different from your partner or from the next person. I have been both the super avoidant, hide under a blanket, hide in a closet, avoid it at all costs person. I have literally done both of those things and I can share more about that later in this episode. And I have also been the yell at you. I'm so frustrated right now. I don't know what else to do. And I can also share examples of when that would show up for me. Either way, these are coping mechanisms or the way that you approach conflict typically comes from your primary care providers when you were a child. And it's not like they're teaching courses in middle school or high school on conflict resolution. So it is not your fault if you don't have really strong skills in this area, but it is your responsibility from this day forward to 
be committed to growing in this area. If you desire to love who you are in conflict, this is an area that you can grow in. So in this episode, I'm going to share 10 things that have made a massive shift for me when it comes to handling conflict. Number one, learn to take cues from your body. What do I mean by that? So your body can pick up on feelings, emotions, thoughts 20 times faster than your brain can. So by the time you realize that you're really angry or really upset, your body has been feeling it for 20 times longer. And by the time that you have hit fight or flight, it takes a minimum of 20 minutes to get out of fight or flight. Another term for this is the window of tolerance. And this is something that I have talked about in a previous episode with Tracy Rubel. You can go back and listen to that episode. A window of tolerance is essentially your window of when you're able to fully stay present and stay in your body and not be in fight or flight. The moment that you are in fight or flight mode where you literally feel like you need to fight tooth or nail or you feel like you need to run for the hills, that is when you're in fight or flight. Another way to describe this is when your anxious or avoidant attachment styles are super triggered. When you're, If you're avoidant, then you want to just leave. I know for me, I just straight up want to leave when my avoidant attachment style is triggered. And when it comes to being anxious, all you can think about is resolving the conflict or you tend to create a little bit more drama is another word that you can say than you normally would. And and then like after the fact, you'll once you've calmed down, you'll look back and be like, that was kind of weird. It's not super like me. I normally am not like that. And I don't know why I reacted that way. So what's really powerful about taking cues from your body is that it is like a sneeze. You know how when you sneeze, you can you feel this itch in your nose and you can recognize like, oh wait, I can choose to grab a tissue or sneeze in my elbow or cover my nose with my hands. So it's just like that. Like when you're starting to get triggered, if you can take notice on what it feels like in your body over time, you can start to have more choices around how you want to respond in that moment rather than just reacting. So what does this look like for me? For me, all of my tension is in my chest and in my stomach. I literally feel like my stomach is churning or that I feel like my chest is beating super hard when I start to get triggered. And so these are cues that when I start to feel weirdness in my chest and my stomach, I know something isn't settling right. And I, a way that I stay in my window of tolerance is I just do a body scan and I take notice of those sensations. What is really powerful about this is... That if in those moments that you are triggered, when you finally do, when you, oh, not when you finally are triggered, but in the moments that you are triggered, that if you can stay in your body and get out of your head, then it brings you back to the present moment and you are far more effective in the present moment to resolve conflict. 
this is a topic that I will dive into more later. Somatic is somatics and somatic practices are something that I have been learning a lot about, especially around the nervous system and rewiring that. So stay tuned for future episodes on a deep dive on this area, but that is just an easy quick tip is learn to take cues from your body. What does me being upset, me being in fight or flight feel like, and how can I start to notice that sooner? Secondly, shift your mindset from avoid conflict at all costs, and that conflict is a negative thing to conflict is an opportunity for growth. So I used to avoid conflict like the plague because growing up, I never, ever saw conflict resolved well. For me and my family, the skills that I had was that we would just get really angry at each other, have these yelling matches, and then it would literally get shoved under the rug. We would pretend like nothing happened the next day and everything would just be fine. Even though deep down I was still a little upset and it just kept piling and piling on each other. And instead of an opportunity for growth, I saw it as like, these are all opportunities to tear each other down and get hurt and to break connection. But once I started reframing conflict as an opportunity for growth, it changed everything. If you can start to view conflict as an opportunity for growth rather than something to avoid at all costs, this will change your life. Because when you view it as an opportunity for growth and you are committed to growth, your perspective around conflict, how you approach it, your attitude completely changes. So if this is something that you struggle with, I would advise that for the next 14 days, you use that as an affirmation. Conflict is an opportunity for growth and I am capable of overcoming any conflict. Say that to yourself once a day for 14 days and I guarantee you your perspective around conflict will change. And if you practice that for even longer, I can promise you, you will become better at conflict just from that alone. You might not have 100% of the skills that you need, but you will start to have massive shifts just by doing that. Third thing is I just posted this quote the other day. Forgive me for not remembering who said this, but what it essentially said is that when we avoid conflict, we are trading short-term discomfort for long-term dysfunction. So if we are willing to sit in the discomfort for just a moment, for a few minutes, for an hour, however long it takes to resolve a conflict, it is an opportunity to create long-term function. But when we trade the short-term discomfort, we're, tr- we're trading it for long-term dysfunction in your relationship. And y'all, I don't know about you, but I want a functional relationship. I don't like dysfunctional relationships. I have way too much going on to handle dysfunctional relationships. So if you hate conflict, just know that you're typically in conflict with people, hopefully, for a very small amount of your overall relationship. And it doesn't have to be terrible. It can, it can be a really powerful, growing, and healing opportunity. 
Fourth, this is a big personal rule that I have. And I, it is something that I am still practicing day to day. And I'm not great at it, but it is huge. It is trading judgment and defensiveness for curiosity. What do I mean by judgment and defensiveness? So let's do judgment first. Judgment is any time that you approach a situation with preconceived expectations or thoughts or opinions on other people's actions. So an example of this would be like you approaching a conflict being like, I don't agree with this thing because I do it this way and this way is better. That is a judgment. That's not a hundred percent fact. Defensiveness would be anytime that somebody calls you out on something, you try to defend your actions. So the big difference is, is there's one way of saying, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do it like that. I didn't mean to hurt you. This is, this was my intention. That is not defensive. Defensiveness is, well, I did it this way because you said this to me and it made me feel this and I'm right, you're wrong, and here are five reasons why. Here are five reasons why I'm not wrong. That is being defensive. These are exaggerations, but if you start to take notice of when you are in judgment or defensive and you trade it for curiosity, if you can approach a conflict with, hey, I just want to understand what's happening on your end. Can you please help me understand why you're upset at me? Or can you please help me understand what part of what I'm saying is confusing? Questions like that create a much more beautiful foundation for a resolution. Number five, we talked about a little bit of this, and this is expand your window of tolerance. So first, understanding what your window of tolerance even is and what it feels like in your body to be triggered is a huge first step. But secondly, you can expand your window of tolerance over time. What that looks like is being able to know when you are in your window of tolerance and when you are out. And a massive thing that has made a big difference for me, there's other tips that you can use to expand your window of tolerance. I won't go into all of them, but one of them is meditation for five days, or sorry, meditation for five minutes every day. That can make a massive difference because it is a practice to be in your body and get out of your lizard brain, the fight or flight response the more that you can learn to be in the present moment and be in your body rather being in fight or flight, the more that you're able to sit in your window of tolerance and expand it. Even in moments where it's high stress, whatever, five minutes of meditation a day as a starting point can make a massive difference on your life. I know that might sound woo-woo and a little weird, and if five minutes every day is too much, then try for five days a week or four days a week. Even that small amount can make a massive shift and help you expand your window of tolerance. Number six, 
learn to take timeouts and take responsibility to time in. What does this mean? So as I've mentioned, when you are outside of your window of tolerance, or like once you've been triggered and you're in this fight or flight response mode, it is really hard to resolve conflict well. So if you find yourself in that moment and you feel like either you're stuck and you literally don't have anything to say, you don't know what to say and you're just frozen, then you're in a freeze response. It's the same. Or if you just find yourself wanting to say really ugly, mean, hurtful things that you know you won't mean in a few hours, that's also a sign. Or if you literally just want to run away, you want to run away and never come back. Those are all signs that you need a timeout. So minimum, I would say, hey, I need a mi- I need a few minutes or I just need a little bit of time to, to like breathe and really get clear on how I'm feeling about this. I would love to come back to this, but I need some time. And if you're the person that calls a timeout, it is your responsibility to come back and say, okay, I'm ready to talk about this. The reason that is, is it's just I fair. It's just what I believe to be fair if you're going to call a timeout, you need to call the time in. Don't just leave them hanging. Secondly, this is something, a practice that I have used multiple times, lots of times, because sometimes I just get frozen. And I don't know how I'm feeling about something and I need time to process. And that is okay. And what's really powerful about timeouts is the more that I've done this, the less that I've need, needed them or the less time that I need. Timeouts are a really powerful thing. So if you find yourself in a highly triggered state, call for a timeout. And then when you're ready, it is your responsibility to call for a time in. Number seven, this is huge. Take personal responsibility for your half of the relationship. It is so easy to just blame other people for the conflict that's on the table. But guess what? You are half of the relationship. So no matter what conflict is on the table, you play a part in it. And you have a part in the solution. So reflect on what parts that you're responsible for and take ownership of them. And I would say, expect that of your partners. Number eight, it is the two of you against the conflict and not each other. This mindset shift made a massive difference in my relationship with my parents. When I heard this for the first time, I was in a state where me and my parents were still really struggling. I mean, it's been almost over 10 years, but believe it or not, Sophie Kwok did not have a good relationship with her parents. I mean, we fought all the time. And I didn't even live there and we were still fighting all the time. And the reason this made a massive shift is I gave up needing to be right. All I wanted was connection ultimately. So I started being on their side and almost demanding is a strong word, but demanding to be on their team and saying like, hey, I want to be on your team. It's not me against you. It's us against the conflict. How can we create something that feels really good to both of us? 
when you can shift your perspective of conflict as it's you against the other person and it's both of you on the same team against the conflict, that's massive. Number nine, this is connected, but slightly different and also was a big mindset shift for myself is when one of you win, both of you lose. And what I mean by that is if you're both in a relationship and you're both on the same team, if one person wins, then the other person loses. And guess what? That means both of you lose. But when both of you win, then both of you win. And so instead of trying to win an argument, how can you both choose to be on the same team instead of wanting to try to fight to the nail to win? Number 10, I think something that's really important to remember in conflict is ultimately what the desired outcome of the conflict is. And typically it's connection. It is typically more connection. And so if connection is the ultimate goal, how can you focus on creating more connection over being right? This was something that I really struggled with for a very long time because I love being right. Who doesn't? And me learning to focus on creating more connection over being right not only made me better in conflict but I think it made me a better partner a better friend a better every role I am in this life other people can feel that you just want to be right or other people can feel that you just want more connection and that is a choice that you have in every conflict So those are 10 pieces of advice and mindset shifts and practices that have made a massive difference in my life and how I approach conflict. And if this is an area that you are wanting to grow deeper in, or if you're wanting just more support around becoming more secure in your attachment style and wanting to overcome these limiting thoughts and behaviors that are no longer serving you, I would love to work with you. But guess what? I only have six more relationship coaching spots open for the rest of this year. Once those are filled, you will not have an opportunity to work with me one-on-one until 2022. So you can apply to work with me at loveintently.com and we will focus on anything that is prevalent and coming up for you. Different things that I've talked through with my current clients is deep childhood wounds that is preventing them from having the intimacy and depth in relationships they want. They often choose to end the relationship prematurely because they just think that that's what's best for the other person or they overthink things and they create more problems in their relationship than that, that needs to be there. Or they're just really afraid and don't know how to go any deeper. And they have a fear of being rejected if they truly reveal who they are or some of the thoughts that they have or things that they're experiencing. 
And guess what, guys? That used to be me. And I'm so excited about the shifts that I've been able to see in people even after just a few weeks. And the reason is, is I have done so many different things and read so many different books that I'm able to create shortcuts for people that could take years on their own. It's really hard to recognize your own limiting beliefs on your own. And that is why I love doing this work. So if you're even remotely interested, fill out an application at loveintently.com. And if you are a good fit, I will send out a link to schedule a discovery call with me and we will talk about the thing, all the things and see if it's a good fit. Because reality is, is I don't want to work with anybody that is not ready to do the work and isn't a good fit. I don't want to waste your money and I don't want to waste your time and I definitely don't want to waste my time. So if you are somebody who is ready to be in a secure relationship, who is ready to overcome their own limiting beliefs and behaviors and rewire their brain and nervous system and start creating the life and relationships that they really want, both with themselves and the people in their life, then I am your girl. Find me at loveintently.com, DM me on Instagram if you have any other questions. And lastly, if you don't know your attachment style, which I would say is the ultimate first step, go to loveintently.com and take the quiz. You will see a big button on the top right corner and find out what your attachment style is. Thank you so much for listening until next time with love and intention.